Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Greg Seamus. I'm going to be speaking, uh, really, I'm just going to be sharing my heart out of uh, Hebrews chapter 11, and then I want to go into Romans 4, and then I want to go back into Galatians chapter 3. And so that's kind of the, the, the road we're going to be traveling on. And um, I, I want to talk about faith. And, you know, I've been, I've been saved a long time. And um, how many people have been saved over 30 years? That just shows you how old some of us are. Um, I saw some young people put their hand up. I was like, that's right. They're maybe in their 30, early 30s, and they got saved when they were one, you know. Um, first words, right? Jesus instead of mommy. Oh, so, which is awesome, which is totally awesome. Um, and sometimes what we do is we start in faith only to end up moving in our Christian personal, our walk with the Lord, drifting to works. And, um, and I think when we, we start off in faith and we move and we drift slightly, for some it's even more than slightly, into this arena of works, that's when we experience burnout. We experience um, frustration. And our walk with the Lord uh, is a journey, isn't it? It's a journey. It's a journey of faith. And um, sometimes there's more questions than there are answers. And um, as a pastor now for X amount of years, you know, I've had the, I've had, you know, the, the joy or the privilege of being with a lot of different believers, listening to a lot of different scenarios, um, walking with people through their struggle. And uh, one of the things that I, I find out is that I walk people, I walk with people through questions that I can't answer. And, um, and I'm, I'm a pretty honest person. That's kind of weird to say that. I'm an honest person. <laughs> say it that way. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tell you when I don't have an answer for that. Because um, I know that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man who has a lot of questions too. And there's things that we face personally that uh, I didn't quite have the answer for. Um, only to find out, one thing I do know is that through a process or through a season the questions that I had are sometimes, by and large, they're answered on this side, on this side of the journey, not this side, not eternity, but it might be five years, it might be six years, it might be seven years, it might be eight years, but then the questions are answered. And so one of the things I'm learning and what I want to kind of lay out today is that this whole idea of simply believing and and having faith in the midst. And um, so I want to start by reading Hebrews chapter 11. And I think that this is a, I think reading Hebrews chapter 11 at least once or twice a week is, is so refreshing. 
and so encouraging. And so I want to I want to talk to you about faith, and then I want to. I have absolutely no notes. I just felt like it's going to come out of my heart today, which is, and so I'm just letting you in on my journey. Is that cool? Yes. All right. You're like about time. Praise God. Um. <laughs> so I think in uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, I think the word faith is used almost 20, 20 over 20 times. And it's usually followed in the, at least the NIV, it's usually followed, it's usually, um, the word by faith is, is usually connected with what the author is saying. And so let me just go ahead and start reading um, out of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain, everyone say certain, of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were com- commended for. Verse 3, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. I mean, you can just look at that verse for about 20 minutes trying to figure out what God's saying in that verse, right? Getting revelation around it. But here's what I just got immediately. By faith we understand. Now for me, I have a tendency to want to understand something first then have faith for it. But the scriptures say, understanding comes through faith. Isn't that a weird concept? So we don't understand first to have faith. By faith, we understand. Another word for faith is belief. So when you see the word faith, there are different uh, nuances to the word faith. But, but by believing... When we believe, then we understand. So believing comes first, and understanding comes second. When the Lord requires something of me, I might not understand it, but I'm going to have, I'm going to, have to settle into, I believe what he says anyway. Some of us, we have to believe something in the midst of our circumstances that doesn't make sense. Like we look out over the horizon, and God's requiring me to step into this, or I'm seeing this, and I know what the Word of God says here, and I'm telling you, it's better for us just to settle back, trust the Father, and believe, and let the understanding catch up with our belief. Are you guys there? Verse 4. So I don't know how I'm going to read this. I'll just, by faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended. I just want you guys to recognize by faith, by faith. He was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his sufferings. And by faith, he still speaks, even though he's dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, where do we get the faith anyway? From the Lord. Right? You guys are quiet. Because anyone who comes to him must believe, there's the word, that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, 
in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he later Uh, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. Isn't that crazy? By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Verse 11, by faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he is as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Verse 13, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on the earth. I mean, when you start thinking about reading Hebrews chapter 11 and you look at our form of Oh boy, Uh, how many people have defined Christianity today? It's an eye-opener because some of us, I shouldn't say us, uh, so much of um, the Christian faith is based around consumerism. In other words, what can God do for me? Instead of what can I do for God? Instead of a lot of our our walk with the Lord, this is the, the things that the Lord is challenging me with, is asking so much for the Lord to bless us, and that's not wrong, but are we asking, how can I be a blessing? How can I be a blessing to the Father, and how can I be a blessing to others? That makes sense? So I don't even know where I stopped. Verse 15, and if they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a a better country, a heavenly one. This is all pre-Jesus, right? Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, verse 17, Abraham, when God tested him, offered uh, Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promise was about to, to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God would raise the dead. Isn't that amazing? And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when, he, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about their bo- his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Verse 24, by faith. You guys understand this whole idea of faith? 
By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with, with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short season. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He, perser- uh, he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. Verse 29, by faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but, even, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. By faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were uh, disobedient. And then he goes on to say, verse 32, and what shall I say? I do not have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith or by faith conquered kingdoms, administrated justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fire, the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. How'd they do it? By faith. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released. Wow. So that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. Sawed in two. That's pretty graphic, right? They were put to death by the sword. They went up in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what, was, what had been promised. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would we be made perfect or mature. I mean, I'm reading these guys and I get fired up. That's the, you know, I don't know, the masculine side of me. That's kind of rising up inside of me and just like, by faith, this is pre-Jesus, and they, by faith, did these acts because of the promise that lied ahead. So folks, we are sitting in that promise. We are, we're gathered here today, and it took place 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross, that the promise was fulfilled, the veil was torn in two, we have access into the Holy of Holies, Jesus Christ lives inside of us, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, and now we're connected like the branches to the vine, and we have that kind of authority now made manifest through the sons and daughters of God. But it's still the same lesson. The same lesson is we apprehend by faith. 
We apprehend by believing. We don't apprehend by striving. We apprehend by believing, by trusting God in the process. I mean, a simple, I love what God's doing with Chris, and I just pray that God would give him total favor at work and big-time promotions at work. But there is something called a step of faith that God is calling us to that we take that step. And it's, it's this place of believing. It's this place of trusting. It's this place of acknowledging that he is a good heavenly father and he wants to give us the very, his very best for Greg Seamus, let's just say for, for me personally, to step into the provision of the Lord, step into the grace of God. And here's what I know about faith. Sometimes you have to take a step of faith and it is scary out there. You ever taken a step of faith? You ever... That reminds me of some, I think it's a Star Wars. I don't know what it was. Like, it's like, you know how you take a step? No, what movie was it? Was it Lord of the Rings? You take a step and that bridge appears? Is that it? Indiana Jones, that's it. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. He thought, he, right? He, did he throw the rocks down for, I don't know. He, it's that step of faith. I love that picture. Kind of a weak analogy, but... It came to my mind when I was thinking, when I was just, this whole idea of, of men and women, teenagers, who are walking by faith and trusting God in the process. And really, it kind of comes down to, so for me personally, um, I got to a place, and I don't even know how severe this was, I got to the place where I'm, I'm, I'm reaching and I'm st- Striving and I'm struggling and I'm, I'm reaching up to apprehend something and the Lord is saying, would you just believe me? Would you just trust me? From that, yeah, we, we go ahead and we obey what the Lord's telling us to do, but I'm talking about the striving in the spirit that actually causes us, uh, gets us to a place of uh, exhaustion in our walk with the Lord. And I think Paul was really, na- really uh, nailing this down in Romans chapter 4. Go ahead and turn there. And we're going to travel down Romans 4, and then we're going to wind up in Galatians. Are you guys okay? So everything that the Lord gives us is in promise form. And there's a, there's a promise that we, we step into and we receive from heaven to earth. Right? So my strength is not, I don't garner up the strength to do something. I actually ask the Lord to give me the strength to step into his calling or to step into this problem. In other words, when the Lord, when the Lord is requiring something from me or when there's, when there's a deficiency in my spirit, man, it's not, you know, the old, someone, that, I don't know who, who actually came up with this quote, if it's going to be, it's up to me. You ever, is anyone ever heard that? If it's going to be, it's up to me. Like, I understand the, the concept of that, but if it's going to be, it's going to be a partnership with the Lord. The Lord is going to have to be the one who gives me, who resources me, even for the faith to believe. And sometimes I feel like there's a disconnect between what God's requiring of me, and I feel like I have to, like, I have to, 
generate that on my own to actually gain access and to actually do what he's called me to do. And if I don't have faith, I'm learning that, again, this is simple, I'm learning that if I don't have faith for something, if I don't have a belief for something, then I go to the Father and I ask him, would you give me the faith for this? Instead of working and striving to reach up and get the faith Get that faith from within to work hard and move forward. Ask the Lord for the faith. Let let it flow from from a heavenly resource into your heart. Does that make sense? I know it doesn't, but anyway, let's go ahead. (laughs) So Paul begins to argue in Romans because because the people started from a place of faith and there was, a, there was a huge contention with false teachers coming in behind Paul and saying that in order for you to be saved, you need to be circumcised. You need to follow Jewish customs and cultural activities that were prescribed in the Old Testament. And so Paul begins this argument where he says that believing is just enough. I mean, believing is all you need in terms of how you walk your, how you uh, come to a place of knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior and stepping into the fullness of your faith. It's, it's you know, grace plus faith plus nothing, right? That's where our salvation is. Now, there's obedience connected to that as the Lord gives us instruction, but the 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 foundation of your, of your born-again experience is not based on works. It's based on faith. It's based on what Jesus did. All right? So Romans chapter 4, let's jump in to ver, uh, verse 16. Therefore, the, the promise comes by faith. Everyone say faith. So that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all of Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many, many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. I love that verse. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Everyone say the word believed. And so became the father of many nations. Against all hope, he believed. Against all hope, he believed. Just as it had been said of him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Being fully persuaded. This is pre-Jesus, right? This is 400 years before the law. Being fully persuaded that God had power 
to do what he had promised. That has never changed. Everything that he has promised, be fully persuaded that he'll do it. Well, how do I do that? Believe. I don't know if I have faith to believe. Ask him for it. This is why this is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words the words it was credited to him were written not for him alone but also for all of us to whom God has credit righteousness for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Really big words, right? Verse uh, chapter five. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Can we say amen? amen? Through whom we have gained access by faith, into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only, not, only, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering, oh, this is so fun, right? I mean, the amens are deafening, right? Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. I, I don't like any suffering. Does anyone here like enjoy suffering? You know, suffering is in the New Testament. A gospel that's preached without suffering is not the true gospel. Do I need to read? Anyway. We know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. It starts with suffering and ends in hope. And hope does not disappoint. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. He just laid out the secret to our hope in the midst of suffering. And that is the Holy Spirit's job is to pour in us the love of the Father even in, the, even in the darkest seasons of suffering that we go through. The Holy Spirit is the agent of, I could use that word agent, kind of like the reservoir of pouring the love of the Father into our heart in the midst of our trial. What does that mean? Well, so often I want to figure it out 
And there's nothing wrong with trying to figure it out. But there are some things that will just, I'm just not going to be able to figure out. There are questions that I have that I, I'm just not going to be able to answer. The Lord's not going to give me the answer, maybe in that season. And so there, I think I, the starting point for me is that in the middle of what I'm facing, in all the questions, I need for the Holy Spirit to pour the love of God into my heart. I need my heart to be refreshed by the Spirit of God who searches the heart of God. Faith begins when the Lord touches the heart. Faith is a heart issue. Not so much, it has, it's not so much activating the mind to figure it out. It has to be a supernatural deposit of the Spirit of God into the Spirit of man. Faith comes when the Lord touches us in this place where it activates something in our spirit and there's assurance in the midst of our trial. Wow. Super quiet. Either I'm not clear or it's just super quiet. All right. Galatians chapter 3. So we start with this, I don't know, this, this hall of faith where these guys were moved and did great exploits for God by faith. We recognize that it's impossible to please God apart from faith. We also know that by faith we understand. And we also know that faith is assurance. It's substance and it's assurance. Right? So it doesn't need to be complicated except that it has to be something that the Lord does initially in our hearts so we can actually have, we can have the desire and the motivation to step into something with, God, with assurance from the Lord. And I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. So when the Lord called us to plant here, I don't know, whatever amount of years ago, whoever, I can't remember. X amount of years ago, it made, there's some things that just make no sense, except that you can't get away from it. Right? I, I tried to pray that out. I, we were in a big church in Eugene, Oregon. We, we, were, we were good, man. I had two little kids. I had a little medical plan. I had Comfort, like, not comfort in the sense of I didn't do anything. I was active and involved in ministry. And it's like, you want me to do what? When? Like, really? And so I went to people who were wiser than me. Like, really a lot wiser than me. And they're like, I was hoping they would say, yeah, that's not the Lord, man. That's the enemy. (laughs) Right? You're hoping for, like, someone to... Say, you know, hey, you're, they're like, no, yeah, I think you should go for it. You know? And so, so we came down, on, we came down on, on just believing God, having some people who spoke into our life, I think that's important, some prophetic words that gave us confirmation. But we came down, once I actually made that decision, it flipped the switch. I don't know how else to explain it. And I don't know, I, I, I wrestled with the Lord on that. That's a big transition, right? Like you're going to come from 
Oregon and come back to the Bay Area where the cost of living is gazillions of dollars? And then you're going to come back here with two little kids and you're going to start what? Uh, that, that's just dumb, man. Like, you don't even have a job. You don't have a nothing. Like, you, you're, you know, the enemy's telling me, you know, all this kind of stuff, right? So by faith, Greg and Wendy leave Oregon and come back to the Bay Area. Like, that's, that could be part of Hebrews 11. Right? And your story can be part of Hebrews 11. By faith, you did this, you did that. By faith, what is that? That's believing. It's trusting and believing. Let me just wrap this up. Galatians chapter 3. And this is the wrestling match. I I told you this year we're going to hit the book of Galatians. I just have no idea when. I shouldn't say that. This year or next year, we're going to hit the book of Galatians. I just don't know when. Wait, wait. This year, next year, or the following year, we're going to hit the book of Galatians. Because it's deep stuff. This is deep stuff. And Galatians and Romans are really connected. And I know I've given you a lot here so far. It's kind of, I know I've been kind of over the map a little bit. But stay with me just for a few more moments. So the argument here with the church in Galatia, Church of Galatia is near Ephesus, right? It's up near Turkey, present-day Turkey, right? Revival's breaking out, starts in Antioch. It's breaking out, breaking out, breaking out. Like, people are getting, Ecclesia is moving powerfully, you know. Anyway, like, cities are coming into revival. All these things are taking place. At the same time, you have these false teachers that are coming on the scene, and they're saying that, you know what? It's not just based on grace plus faith. You have to step into a lot of the Jewish law in order for you to and these people are Gentiles, and they have no idea what that is. And so Paul, you know, he's brilliant. He gets ticked off around that, and he begins to write. Actually, Galatians is probably the first or second New Testament book. So it was written, James might have been written first, and then Galatians, but other places have Galatians written first, then James. So the Gospels weren't written until about 55 A.D. or 60 A.D. Galatians... And James were written about 10 years before that. So you understand, like, when we see Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, okay, that's great because we understand who Jesus is, and now we make the application. But if you look at the chronological part of the New Testament, it's actually Galatians, then James, when they actually wrote it. So Paul's addressing a uh, a huge concern in the New Testament because people were starting to move by works and not by grace. Are you guys all right? So, let's pick it up right in the middle of Galatians chapter 1, 3-1. You foolish Galatians. Now, I'm reading now the NIV, not the Passion Translation, but I'm sure it'd be a little more flowery in the Passion Translation, but you foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law? Or by believing what you heard? Circle the word believing. That's huge. 
Are you, are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, by believing, are you now trying to attain your goal by human, human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing? If it really was for nothing, does God give us his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law? Does God move among us based on what we do? Well, that's a good question, huh? Or because you believe what you heard. Everyone say believe. Consider Abraham. So he goes back to Abraham. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. That was, again, over 400 years before the law even came on tablets. What's the key phrase? He believed. Verse 7, understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. Everyone say, by faith. And announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you so that those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. All who rely on observing the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one is justified before God by the law. No one is clearly justified before God based on what you do. Based on your works. Based on the the fact that maybe you think you're good enough to enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's not the justification. The justification is through the blood of Jesus, right? The perfect sacrifice. Clearly, no one is justified before God by the law because the righteous shall or will live by... The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, the man who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessings given to Abraham might come to us, to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Listen, by faith we receive. And that's the simple, that's the one phrase I want to leave you with today. By faith we receive. But you don't understand my circuit. You don't understand. I, I got all this. I got to strive. I got to work really by faith. You receive. I'll put it to you this way. Believe God 
and receive. By faith, you receive the promise. By faith, you activate the words that were prophesied over you. By faith, you trust that God's going to take care of his end of the bargain. By faith, we walk by faith and not by sight. The simple truth for me over the last, oh man, just two months, and I know this is just for Greg and maybe it doesn't apply to you, but I'm going to, I'm just, this is a sermon for me. And I asked in my own time with the Lord the morning, I'm like, is it really that simple? Really, is it that simple? Believe. Believe. So I talk on tithing. People are struggling with it. I don't know. Budget, this and that and that. I, I want to be sensitive to that. But believe. It's not just money either, but it could be, it could be other things that we, we see in Scripture. Will the Lord take care of me? Will the Lord, and we wrestle and we're worried and we're anxious. And I just ask in the Holy Spirit to give me this, the, the faith, if I can use that word, to believe. Just believe. When Paul's writing this to the Galatians, there is no New Testament. What's Paul saying? Paul's saying that how did you, how did you gain access to the Holy Spirit? He's talking about, he's talking about speaking. He's talking about the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Did you have to, did you have to do all the works of the law in order to receive the promise of the Spirit? The answer is no. So if you receive based on faith, don't step into a place of works to finish your race. The race doesn't change. It's still based on faith. It's, it's based on believing. It's based on trusting. It's based on getting before your father. And if you don't have the faith for something, ask him for it. It's this place of coming into trusting and believing the Lord for every aspect of your life. With your kids, with your families, with your money, with your resources. It's all around this whole issue of trusting Jesus with it. Believing. For me personally, it's kind of like, will you ever send a a move of God in the Bay Area? Believe. If it doesn't happen in my lifetime, I'm going to continue to believe for the next generation. Everyone say the word believe. Believe. I don't think I'm required to have all the answers to all the situations that come down in my life. But I am required to believe. Does that make sense? I, I don't know what you're facing. It might be similar to what I face. Some of us have health issues. Some of us have just things that life just 
Sometimes, man, it comes in waves, and sometimes it's like everything's good, and then all of a sudden we're blindsided. And I mean, isn't it crazy? And out of my busted up Bible, the cover's right there. My cover. I think, I know I'm really prolonging things. Let's all stand. You know, my grandkids have no problem with believing. Do you know that? How many have grandkids? Anyway, if you have little kids, young Mary, if you have little kids, they just believe. And the older I get, I feel like the younger I have to get. I mean, when you're younger, you want to be older. I mean, when you're like 15, you want to be 16, you want to be 18, right? I mean, when you're older, you want to be younger. You know, when you're 50, 50 whatever it is, you, 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 know, you want to at least be youthful, right? You work out, you make sure you eat, you're healthy, you know. When you're 20s, you're eating all kinds of stuff you shouldn't be eating, but you don't care. Well, some of you do. But when you get older, it's kind of like, hey, man, I've got to scale back. I've been, like, living on burritos my whole life. I've I got I to gotta push this back a little bit. But the Lord's been teaching me over the last six months, watch your grandkids. So my prayer for us this this afternoon is let's be people who believe. Simple faith. Well, you don't know about my marriage. Well, can we believe God for it? Well, you don't know about my physical condition. Can we believe God for it? Well, you don't know about my financial. Can we believe God for it? Because that's where it all starts, right there. Everyone say believe. Father, I just pray that you would release in this room the gift of faith to believe. To believe. And Lord, regardless of the the situation, the impossibility, the the frustration, the, the things that we're facing that we don't have answers for, the things that you're calling us to do, Lord, let us begin. Let's just centralize one thing, and that is I'm going to believe God that he is a good father and he'll fulfill the promise. And I don't think he's ever missed one promise. Never. So I pray, Lord, that you would release this, uh, that you would release faith in the heart of every single person here in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that though we, you said to love the Lord with all of our mind, Lord, I pray that that originates in the place of faith. And by faith, we understand. By faith, we understand. We give you praise for it, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. That's good. Say amen. 
just as I was down there, as he was, as, as Pastor Greg was closing, I was just asking the Lord, okay, believe, believe. How do you believe? Um, and he just drew me to, to the words of Jesus in Matthew 6. Uh, this is in the Passion Translation. He says, he's talking about not worrying, right? Um, but it says, so above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. So what does believing look like? I think believing looks like chasing after the, the kingdom of God. And then right after, refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself, right? So let's just keep, let's just seek after his kingdom. And I love it. It says constantly, constantly, not just when I feel like it, right? <laughs> That's what I'm telling myself, not just when you feel like it, Jordan, constantly. <laughs> um, and I think that that's when, when we see our faith rise. Um, in the realm of faith, I'm going to go after some healing as we wrap up. Um, there's a few things that the Lord put on my heart. Uh, and one of them, it's a big one. Um, but just, I don't know if anyone in this room or knows anyone um, that is suffering from a terminal illness. Um, okay, we have someone here. Okay, is there anyone, a terminal illness? Okay, and you can leave your hand up. I just want to have some people, we're going to pray for it. Um, and we're just going to speak life over if it's you personally or if it's your family or friends. Um, and so if that's you, just lift up your hand. We just want to gather around you. Um, just a few people. We don't need to bombard with like a hundred. Um, <laughs> But just a few people gather around. We have some right over here. If someone can just lay hands on this, this lady right here in the purple or violet, sorry. Yeah. Holy Spirit, we just say we believe. We approach your throne with faith and boldness. And we release heaven over each one of these individuals or who are, who are either struggling with something very severe or know of people that are in a very severe state. And we just declare life over their bodies right now. We're de we declare healing over their bodies right now. And we release heaven. We release heaven. We release heaven. There's no words that we can say to make it happen. It's heaven. It's heaven. So we release heaven. We release your kingdom. And we say today marks a miracle in the name of Jesus. Today, March 24th, marks a miracle, a turning point. A turning point. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. He sees you. He sees you. And I think that's important to know sometimes when we're going through things that are intense is, does he even notice me right now? He does. And he notices your family, your friends, the situation. He sees you. Yeah, so we just release heaven. We release heaven. We release heaven. We thank you, God. And then 
if you want to just ask and see if, I mean, I, you know, we don't need to go in depth if you don't need to with, with the people around you. But even just if you feel anything, um, just go ahead and kind of check in a little bit with them. Um, but I feel, I really felt that on my heart uh, this morning, actually, even before, before we started today. Um, God's the God of the impossible. And, and so we, we want to believe for that, right? We want to see that happen. We hear stories. We hear testimonies. But we want to see it. And the only way we see it is if we take a step to see it and to pray for it and ask for it. So just know that each, each one that raised their hand, that we're here for you. As a family, we're here for you. We're praying for you. We're standing in the gap with you. Yeah. And then there was one other thing the Lord put on my heart. Does anyone have struggle with insomnia? Trouble sleeping. Okay, we have one, two, three. Wow, okay. Even during worship, I was playing drums today. I just really felt the peace of the Lord um, just as we were playing. And I really felt even, even during worship that the Lord was releasing rest and he was releasing peace to sleep uh, and to sleep throughout the night. And I think there's been, an, there's been an attack just on sleep in general, whether it's because of anxiety or worry or whatever it is. But for some reason, as soon as the head goes on the pillow, the brain wakes up and it's annoying. Um, I know because I can probably raise my hand too. I don't know if it's insomnia, but I can't sleep sometimes. But um, so if you had your hand raised, we're just going to pray for you. Just, just lift it up. And again, as a family, we just want to come around them because everyone that didn't raise their hand, you guys sleep. So, <laughs> so <laughs> you guys have the anointing of sleep, apparently. So let's just release that over them. Doesn't need to be crazy words or whatever, but just release peace to their mind and to their heart and rest in the name of Jesus. We just release rest right now. We, re- we release just the peace of heaven, the peace of Holy Spirit, just the comfort. Yeah. We just say thank you, God, that tonight marks a new night. God, we just ask for peace in the night and also just, just encounters of heaven, encounters from heaven. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. Obviously, you can't test this out right now, but if, if there is improvement, please let us know. Please let us know what God's doing. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more messages like this, please subscribe, and thank you for listening.